Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode Political Vendettas, Climate Extinction, and Anti-Humanism. We're going to be getting into things like the Hong Kong protests, the socioeconomic collapse, forward slash reformation, extinction rebellion protests, as well as getting off getting off Earth. What what us what a what a interplanetary species would look like, and finally getting into why we see all this death cult, death worship, anti-humanism stuff taking place. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez saying people shouldn't reproduce because of climate change. We travel back in time to bring you back to what's going on today within eight months to see the damage that lady has caused to our to our psyche and so much more uh, but first before we start the episode a few quick updates we will be doing a paranormal perspective for you good people that's right volume eight if you guys want to submit your stories i'll put the link for that in the description bar below i definitely recommend you guys do so we're getting up there uh, also the episode we did with ashley rogers of your natural path ash and socal natural health is now available you can find that in the description bar below as well uh, and the exclusive the the instagram live that we did earlier this week yeah that's going straight to exclusive members i'm not letting the public see that uh, but with that being said Let's start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction. Whichever one you prefer, this is show number 915, season 9, episode 15. We're getting a little bit long in the tooth these days. Unfortunately, no gray hair, not to look cool, not like I can be a silver fox, or any of that type of nonsense, no. You know, this uh, <laughs> this whole week and this whole year has been crazy, but I think becoming uh, aware of things, gaining perspective, being able to distance yourself, uh, and, and, and really being able to understand things in a completely different way, it really does make it easier to, to, to realize that the things that are happening, they're not happening to you, they're happening for you and if you can gain that perception if you can begin to understand that a lot of things are unfolding for you to grow into the person that's necessary to grow into who you're supposed to be then you'll get then you'll get yourself through that and i say that because i, I i've had a very very trying week uh, for the people that paid attention to the instagram live we did you guys no- noticed it was a little bit rugged a little bit raw uh, I wasn't able to get. I wasn't able to get it up. I wasn't able to get the A game out. We talked about a lot of different things: the California power outages, George Soros, the Open Society Foundation, Greta Thunberg, clim- climate change, building Mars bases, uh, mind control, grounding, and all kinds of other great topics. But I was just unfortunately uh, unable to 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 weave it together. And I had never really felt like that before when covering this type of material. And I think that's why I wanted to start this episode out with you guys is it really does take a completely different mindset uh, to 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 be able to peer into the future, to be able to stream all these these articles together, to be able to like paint that picture for you. It's not easy. 
You know, it, it really isn't. You can't just, and I, and I said this on the Instagram Live, you know, the same way you want to read like the Bible or the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita or, you know, a lot of different texts, you know, or any kind of book that you're reading that's that's deep for you. Uh, the, uh, the, the Corpus Hermeticum is what I'm reading. Billy Carson's The Emerald Tablets. You have to be in the right mindset to be able to digest the information. You have to be in the right mindset to truly understand what it is you're, 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 you're dealing with. Most people don't understand this. And this week, whenever I appeared before you guys a day late and, and did the Instagram Live, you know, I think you guys kind of saw not necessarily the lackluster performance, but the inability to, 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 to access that state of mind, to understand these things in the way that we need to. And I say this because that's the whole point. That, that is the whole point, is to keep you imbalanced. Uh, as Josh of Laws of Reality has said, to 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 keep you in that state of brain fog, as Ashley Rogers of of, of uh, SoCal Natural Health has said, to keep you in that state to where you're insecure, you're doubtful, you're depressed, you're anxious, you're you're scared. That's that's the whole point, and we talk about this all the time on the show, but it's very rare. I think it's I think it's I think it's fair for me to say it's very rare for me to experience it these days, especially so close to home. Because I've, I, I have truly built a very supportive and very, very beautiful and loving network of people that only want to see us succeed. And I really, don't think, uh, I really don't think most people understand that. And if they do, please share it with others. Because, you know, I, th- I, I, don't, know, I, don't, know, I don't know why I'm starting the episode off like this. We've got a lot of crazy stuff to talk about. But I think I wanted to, 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 to intro this episode by letting you guys know, hey, it's not always sunshine, kittens, and rainbows over here. I'm a real person. I do experience hardships. I do uh, experience negativity, sadness, and pessimism on a, on, a, on a almost sometimes regular basis. And this is why we've had to create like a, a supportive network of positive people doing productive things to enhance their life. And the reason I say this is because this is what you need to succeed. You can, you can experience as much adversity as you'd like to, as much as you choose to, before you begin to get into a different mindset on, 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 on why you're experiencing adversity on why you're experiencing these things and why you have to change. You see, if you get the right kind of people around you, they will not allow for you to fail. But how will you ever recognize these things? I mentioned this earlier this week on the Instagram Live, and unfortunately I'm not going to put it on the... It's not, it's not available for the public uh, consumption. It's strictly for exclusive members because of how I handled it. I don't want that to be made available for uh, the public. It's going to be for exclusive members only. But I talked about this. The same way that people recognize good deals on courses, classes, uh, books, clothes, groceries, and things like this. Heck, even plane tickets sometimes. It's the same way that they need to begin to recognize opportunities and blessings in their life that allow for them to move forward. You have to close one door in order to open. You have to sacrifice. You have have to give up what you want. or you You have to sacrifice what you want to get what you get. You see, and that's what most people don't understand. And as I've grown doing this, sacrificing more than I could ever comprehend, I'm being blessed these days, living in the abundance that I couldn't even, I couldn't even dream. And I say this because I hope it helps you good people to understand that sometimes you're going to go through these hardships. You're going to go through these momentary pieces of discomfort to, 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 to force you to get into a different mindset that you wouldn't be able to access otherwise so that you can be reflective and, and, and appreciative and grateful for everything that you have built. And it is that adversity that sometimes show you, this, this, it shows you that. 
Sometimes you're unable to naturally do that. Even though we talk, all, we talk about it all the time, sometimes jarring things have to occur in your life for you to truly understand what you've built and what's been given to you, the blessings that you have, and how bad things truly can be. Before I came onto the show, I was thinking about what's the easiest way to say this, uh, because I'm not rich, but I'm not, and, I, and I'm not poor. But would I rather be American poor or African poor? And the reason I say this is because it's all about, well, it's not about austerity and people getting used to being poor. It's about the, not cop, capitalism or communism or socialism or any of that type of stuff. It's about being able to live a life in your level of abundance, but within means. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's just, it's a lifestyle thing. It truly is. And you're not going to find, you're not going to find uh, the right kind of people that want to move with you if you're doing the very same things that got you stuck in the first place. You have got to proceed. You've got to progress. You've got to go forward. And it is those trials, those tribulations, and those hardships that will define you. You will be forged in the fires of adversity. And, and it's in that moment that you will understand who you are. And no one can tell you this. Keep that in mind. No one can give you your, individu your individuality. When we covered that 12-year-old uh, that climate change activist talking about how her future is kaputs, what's the point of, of, of studying? And I said, well, ho hold on now. And I say this to you still, audience. Who offers you your future? Is it Greta Thunberg? Is it Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Is it Google? Is it Fedbook? Or is it you being able to be aware of where you're at in your time frame and make do with what you have, operating in that abundance with your parameters, and then building that better tomorrow? This is that renaissance that I keep talking about. This is why I tell you, you have to go through the fires of adversity to forge things. Because all of my failures are really lessons that I can hand down to you good people. And I can't wait to learn from you. And with that being said, let's start the show. So, uh, in this, I, I think a better way to pr the, the better way to preface this episode, political vendettas, climate extinction, and anti-humanism is to say that in the second segment we're going to pick up on what we talked about in the last episode uh, where we were talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's A Just Society, Extinction Rebellion, the blackouts in California, and climate activism. We're going to pick up on that and include the second segment because there's a lot of videos going on, uh, a lot of information coming out, a lot of, a lot of content covering that. Uh, and recently the IMF said that a, that a carbon tax would be the best way uh, to fight climate change. So we're going to be talking about that. But in the first segment, we're going to break down or really just kind of talk about what's happening with Hong Kong, uh, replacing of Columbus Day with, with Indigenous Peoples Day, as well as Project Veritas exposing CNN's anti-Trump crusade. Now, you know, you guys know me. CNN's fake news. Fox is Fox news. It's faux news. <laughs> uh, or how should I say that? Faux news is Fox news. Uh, I'm just trying to be cheeky. But, uh, but we need to talk about these things because essentially what we're discussing is mind manipulation, media trickery. These things are very, very prevalent these days. The mess of misinformation. And we also heard uh, LeBron James say this this week as well in relation to uh, some of these people in the NBA. I don't really pay attention to their names. Uh, but he said that one of these coaches or one of these members is misinformed. Misinformed. Or, or, or was that what he was saying in relation to how Trump got elected? We'll get into that. We will get into that. Uh, and then in the third segment, we'll talk about anti-humanism. Uh, a few different articles that passed us throughout the week, in the past few weeks, that we've been able, unable to get to because we've been chasing news. 
Uh, so with that being said, let's get into this. The Hong Kong protests, why are these important? Because they've been going on for weeks now, go months really. Uh, and the way I see it, the same way that we supported the people in France, the Yellow Vest protests are the very same way that we should be supporting the people in Hong Kong. It's getting really, really crazy out there. But here, let me play for you guys uh, a few quick videos and then we'll get into this, this topic right here. It says, Hong Kong braces for violent weekend after protest organizer attacked. Carrie Lam rules out concessions. And basically what they're talking about, uh, for video watchers, I'll, I'll be playing a video right now where it has a protester kicking a, uh, a police officer in the throat. But uh, they put up, and this is from Zero Hedge, they put this up October 16th. It's by Tyler Durden. It says, Hong Kong is bracing for a violent weekend after civil human rights front organizer Jimmy, Jimmy Sham was reportedly attacked on Thursday afternoon by two masked men in a restaurant who were wielding a metal rod and a baseball bat, according to RTHK. Sham told RTHK that he was having lunch with a friend on Tak Hang Street in Jordan when the two men came into the restaurant and smashed their weapons on the table. When the men, when the men lunged at him, Sham said his friends tried to stop them, but was hit on his left arm three times. Sham said his friend suffered bruises and was sent to the hospital. Earlier in the day, a group of protesters, or at least a group of pro-government people, surrounded Sham in what they said was an action to, quote, denounce the front. The group called Sham a rioter and tried to snatch a loud hailer from him. Civil Human Rights Front has been behind the, most of the summer's rallies sparked by a mass extradition bill. The group has been refused to protest on Saturday and is currently appealing the ban. Earlier this week, embattled Hong Kong leader uh, Carrie, Carrie Lam said she would not make any more concessions to the pro-democracy protesters, citing escalating violence, which the, which the police are now calling, quote, life-threatening after the, after the detonation of a homemade explosive device last weekend. Quote, I have said on many occasions that violence will not give us the solution. Violence would only breed more violence, said, said Lamb at a Tuesday news conference. Quote, for concessions to be made simply because of escalating violence will only make the situation worse. On the other hand, we should consider every means to end the violence, she added. Approximately 2,300 people have been arrested in Hong Kong since June, nearly a third of them being children, with some as young as 12. Two people have been shot and wounded by the police, while, th while thousands have been injured. On Wednesday, Lam was forced to abandon a speech in Hong Kong legislature after, after lawmakers jeered her off stage. So basically they're saying, we do not want to hear Carrie Lam speak. We do not want to hear what these Hong Kongers have to say. What they're fighting for is no. And this is very dangerous, because why are, why are we not hearing people out? And I just want to get this on record, too, just so we can kind of talk about this briefly as well. Uh, we had posted on our previous episode, uh, you know, the, 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 the Hong Kong protest hashtag. And on Instagram, we got feedback from somebody who seems to be living in Hong Kong. You guys can go find it right there. It says Inja212. He says, I live in Hong Kong, and I can clearly state that the people of Hong Kong are not battling the tyrannical forces to China on our doorstep. We are being played totally by the powers that be in the West. The NED is pumping money into the MSM, is selling the story that we are fighting for our freedom here. No, we are more free here than in most countries. The protesters are getting more and more similar to the liberal fascists that are Antifa, and most law-abiding good people here are too scared to speak out against this small left-wing radical mob. 
So you have people claiming that some of the Hong Kongers are the equivalent to Antifa, and I, I and I want to follow up on that because I'm not necessarily sure what's gonna what's gonna happen with that. Uh, I'll be honest that reading that comment definitely kind of made me take a step back and think a little bit about what's actually going on. Uh, we heard reports right at the start of this that. Uh, the, 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 that this was American involvement, that America had its hands in the Hong Kong protests the same way that they had uh, the same way that they had their hands in the Venezuelan protests earlier this year. They think that it's a part to they think that it's a means to help increase the destabilization and the political tensions uh, with China. You know, uh, it, it, there's a lot of different things going on, and I really, really think it's crazy. But let me get into this next part too, since we're talking still about Hong Kong. Uh, and then we'll get into LeBron James and everything else like that as well. But yet, let's just get into let, let, let's get into China retaliating, threatening to retaliate if the U.S. passes the Hong Kong bill. We put this up October 16th. It's from the Drudge Report feed. It says China threatened to retaliate if the U.S. Congress follows through with passing legislation that would require an, an annual review of whether the city is sufficiently autonomous from Beijing to justify its speci- its special trading status. The Chinese Minister of Foreign Affairs said in a statement that it would take strong measures if the bill was passed. The Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act is one of four measures passed by the U.S. House Tuesday in unanimous voice, in, in unanimous voice votes. The bill, the bill provides for sanctions against officials, quote, responsible for undermining fundamental freedoms and autonomy in Hong Kong. A similar bill is also before Senate, though the timing of a vote there remains uncertain. The legislation has bipartisan support in both chambers. So basically, what we have them doing, this is, ele- it, it, I really wouldn't consider this election meddling. This is more of that nationalism, globalism, regionalism nonsense. This is that political uh, chess to where they're trying to basically allow these people to have the freedoms that they're familiar with without letting China encroach on them. And that's why if we go back to some of the posts, or at least some of the information that was coming out at the start, in relation to these protests, we heard that there were people uh, dressed in white in airports doing all kinds of crazy stuff, messing up the extradition bill, messing up the votes, making sure people can do things. Now, what's going on in Hong Kong is, 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 is representative of what will take place around the entire world. I talked about this last week as well, uh, where we played for you the, the clip of one of the protesters there talking about how China represents an an existential threat to the freedom and democracy of the entire world. And if we do not get this underneath control, if we do not talk about this, then guess what? All this is going to go out there. Basically, Basically, what we're talking about is these people trying to keep this beast in check and not allowing for them to overstep. I want to play for you guys this clip real quick uh, that we played for you just last week so we can get it on record as well. Uh, This is from... Uh, Paul Joseph Watson over there, Summit.News, they put this up October 7th. It says, Hong Kong government considering Internet ban to stop protests. Uh, but let's get this video up where they're playing about this, this this protester talking about the existential threat that China faces or the existential threat that China poses. I have a YouTube channel. I don't care. But today we do this on purpose. Okay? Chinese Communist Party is the tyranny, which is the existential risk of humanity. Understand this. Sorry? It's not just a bill. The bill has been withdrawn. If you have not mistaken, 
Shin Lu, if all go force, the whole world force, okay? Because the Chinese Communist Party is the existential risk of humanity, period. Period. And this is after their 70th year anniversary of communistic rule in China that you still have people still fighting for freedom, still saying that they don't want this authoritarian state to take over. Fast forward to this week, or at least last week, where we had this whole little NBA fiasco. I'm going to read to you guys real quick uh, this video where it talks about uh, how protesters in Hong Kong are burning their jersey of LeBron James because they, they don't like the fact that he's a... That he, it's not that he's necessarily supporting uh, authoritarian communistic China. He's just trying to basically stay out of other countries' politics. I get that. But with the way the world is these days, they're polarizing and politicizing everything, and this is how they're spinning things. Uh, but here, let's play for you guys this quick video, and then we'll get into the article. Says by suggesting protesters have been rallying in defense for Hong Kong's freedoms for months. And it's going to pull up another video of a person talking about the, the things that are going on there. Uh, it says protesters thank Houston Rocket General Manager Daryl Money for tweeting in support of their cause. Daryl Murray for tweeting support of their cause. But James took a beating. They have Chinese kids or Hong Kongers. Uh, taking free throws. Hong Kong people are really suffering right now, and now you come up with speech like that, we 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 are anger. We we are very angry at that. And people start burning his jersey. Like I run a social media page. People send me like video. They start burning LeBron jersey just because of his speech. So yeah, that's something. What's going on right now? This next article comes from Summit.News. It's by Paul Joseph Watson. They put this up October 16th. It says, Hong Kong protesters reacted to, Le to LeBron James's comments on free speech by trampling on and burning his jersey in the street. Following Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Murray tweeting his support for the Hong Kong protesters, James said that Murray, quote, wasn't educated on the situation at hand, and he spoke. Quote, we all talk about this freedom of speech. Yes, we all do have freedom of speech, but at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen when you're not thinking about others and you're only thinking about yourself, James told reporters. These remarks sparked fury in Hong Kong itself with around 200 people gathering in one area of the city just to burn his jersey. And that's kind of what you guys are seeing right there. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's kind of crazy. Uh, and you guys can find the link right there, but it says students... They come out like every weekend. They've got tear gassed and they get gunshot like every weekend. Police beating students and then innocent people like every day. And then he, James, just comes up with something like that. We just can't accept that, said James Lowe, a web designer who runs a Hong Kong basketball fan page on, Fed, on Fedbook. Protesters leveled the same accusations at James that the so-called, quote, woke, community, woke companies in the United States have faced. They support social justice causes domestically but cave in when it comes to China one of the biggest human rights abusers on the planet. Quote, please remember all NBA players what you have said before. Black lives matter. Hong Kong lives also matter, said 36-year-old office worker William Mock. This is where we're at right now. You have, <laughs> you have, I mean, I guess I don't really understand why we have or why we take people like this very serious in the first place. It's kind of, you know, these are entertainers at the end of the day. They're athletes. I get that. But this is what's going on. 
we need to have people on the ground in Hong Kong talking about what's actually happening so we can get the, so we can get the description. We don't need to talk about things secondhand or at least let talking points from from athletes or from anybody else disrupt these types of things. I think that's the issue. You see, we're not actually focusing on what the issue is in Hong Kong. We're focusing on how people feel about the things. And this is why South Park uh, a few weeks ago came out with an episode where they kind of trolled and exposed what's going on over there in communist China, how they banned Winnie the Pooh, how they have concentration camps, how you can't say certain words. They're right. Uh, China is completely authoritarian, so why would you not want to talk about these things? Because, at the end of the day, it's because of, it's about the money. I don't have the clip for you guys, but I forget who talks about it, uh, who says like the, what the ratio is between like the Chinese viewership and the American uh, domestic audience. I, don't, I forget what the ratio is, but it's, 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 it's ridiculous. And so at the end of the day, it's all about money. At the end of the day, LeBron James is caving because he doesn't want to get any kind of backlash from political China. They understand how messed they are with our country, with our culture, and the world. He, does, he doesn't want that smoke. Just to put it to you, to you guys that way, LeBron James don't want that smoke. And that's the problem, is we're allowing these people, these entertainers, to become, <laughs> to become these figureheads. I just got this weird idea, uh, you know, with Kim Jong-un and Dennis Rodman. Now I just got this like weird image of like Hong Kong and LeBron James, but I digress. Let's move on to more of the political vendettas that are going on earlier this week. And more information, as always, has come out from the great James O'Keefe of Project Veritas, where they have talked about the political vendetta between Jeff Zucker of CNN and his, and his issue with Trump. Now, you guys understand, we all understand it's the left-right paradigm, you know, the, the two wings on the same bird, you know, CNN being, democracy, being the Democrats, Fox News being the Republicans. We all understand it's the polarization. Now, why is this important to cover in the political vendettas? Because since the start of Trump's presidency, I've definitely said that we haven't really had an accurate gauge as to the good and the bad that he's doing. Everything's so polarized, we're unable to describe these things. But now, because you have a whistleblower going undercover, talking about just that, how there's, there's no real fact-based reporting on what's going on, it's all designed uh, to be uh, emotion-based, uh, say the lie loud enough, long enough, big enough, you know, it'll be it'll be believable. You see, there's so many different things going on these days that people know they're being lied to. And to have a whistleblower with inside of CNN come out and say, hey, look, it doesn't really feel like I'm doing journalistic things. It seems like I'm a part of the propaganda arm. That's major. So let's go ahead and get this clip up for you guys. Uh, it's a pretty lengthy one. We won't play all of it, but we will get a good chunk of it on here so we can discuss these things and more. So I'll play for you guys this clip. And then afterwards, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll close this segment out talking about the central bank issuing a stunning warning, talking about gold and the system collapsing. But let's get into this first. Morning, everybody. My name is Kerry Porch. I'm a satellite opening technician. I'm a contractor at the CNN Washington, D.C. Bureau. But Jeff Zucker, yeah. Basically, president of CNN has a personal vendetta against Trump. It's not going to be positive for Trump. He hates it. He's going to be negative. Um, I decided to wear a hidden camera. Me look weird in this monster. 
I decided to secretly record the 9 a.m. rundown call meetings, and it's basically done by Jeff Zucker, the president of CNN. We're moving towards uh, 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 impeachment. I mean, don't like, you know, we shouldn't pretend, oh, this is going one way, and, and so all these moves uh, are moves towards uh, impeachment. When I came to work at CNN, I mean, it was my dream job, and that dream actually just turned into a nightmare. So, itself the most trusted name in news, but that's not the story we heard from a CNN insider who blew the whistle, recorded everything, and came to Project Veritas earlier this year. Would it be fair to say that me being here today is is it is it's not politically motivated? That's correct. I it's not politics that motivates me. It's basically me wanting the news to be what they used to be, news, and not a um, infotainment or a game show or chasing the ratings like get, like CNN purports it to be facts first and that's clearly not the case. What a crazy concept to only want to cover the news and to only want to cover the facts. So I would definitely recommend you guys go check out the rest of that video because it's very powerful and people really do need to understand that the fake news, the mainstream media, we are seeing its dying leg. We are becoming the alternative and independent media that's being allowed is quickly becoming the real news. And having exposés such as that is really important. So I would definitely recommend you guys go support Project Veritas. Go look into uh, go look into the expose. That was only part one. And you know the good folks over there at Project Veritas are, 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 are dropping bombshells left and right. And it's just knocking blows to them. So I, I, I salute you, James O'Keefe. Keep taking it to them where it hurts. Uh, now, speaking of where it hurts, speaking about what's going on, more of those political vendettas, uh, obviously, you know, obviously the media, for some strange reason, there's some issue with Trump going on. Something's going on here in America. We have to, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with this 
here shortly. Uh, I think everybody understands there's some weird political vendetta going on with mainstream media and Donald Trump. I get it. We're seeing an alignment happen between big tech, the media, government, and so much more. And it truly is crazy. Uh, you know, I said this. I said this whenever we were talking about martial law and all these other strange things in the past episode. It's not necessarily Trump I worry about. It's the ones that come after them. Uh, and with this alignment, this whole total socio-political realignment that we're seeing taking place in America, all of these powers are going to be left-leaning. And it's not Trump that's going to be able to do anything about it. It's going to have to be somebody from the inside like these whistleblowers and so much more. But that's a different discussion for a different day. Wow. These days are getting increasingly crazy. But here, because we're not done being crazy, let's get into more of this. This is something that caught my eye that uh, I didn't really see a lot of people talk about, but we always hear in the background of things. And I really think this plays a huge part in where we're going to be going into the future. Uh, maybe maybe I'll do an episode in the future to where we really break down things like the socioeconomic reformation, uh, the, mental and vi- the mental and financial stress that people are underneath, uh, the wage gap, the prices of everything and how really bad like things are getting out there. I really think people should understand that. Uh, but what that also indicates, I talk about the decadence, the degeneracy, you know, the homelessness and all these other things, the drug usage, um, the apathy, the nihilism and all these things are really indicative of, 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 of our financial standpoint of what's going on. Uh, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things that come with money and come with the system itself. Uh, but here, let's get into this article. They reposted it over there at STHF Plan, but it was originally from uh, Tyler Durden at Zero Hedge. They put this up October 14th. It says, the central bank issues a stunning warning. Quote, it says, if the entire system collapses, gold would be, will be needed to start over. Now, before I get into this article, I want to point out that we you, you see them pushing for, again, the socioeconomic reformation, sustainability. Uh, the, the, the economy, the sustainable economy and things like this. I think this is a very, very strange foreshadowing and foretelling event to say that if the system does collapse, they will need gold to be like a central currency. Uh, just the other week we talked about, and maybe we should just get this on record as well, uh, but just the other week we talked about how in at the United Nations, they plan to run out of money at the end of October. And that too is also very strange. This is the United Nations. Why would they be running out of money? United Nations could well run out of money by the end of this month. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres raised the alert in a letter addressed to all of the organization's 37,000 employees. Mr. Guterres noted that the UN is running a deficit of 230 million US dollars, no thanks to member states fulfilling only 70% of their regular budget operations. The UN officials, speaking on condition of anonymity, said member states refused to increase contributions earlier this year when asked to. Unspecified additional stopgap measures would now be introduced to ensure salaries and entitlements are paid, such as postponing conferences and meetings and reducing services. Official travel, well, that will also be restricted to only essential activities. Not including what it pays for peacekeeping operations, the UN's operating budget for 2018 to 2019 is close to 5.4 billion U.S. dollars, of which the United States... So, 5.4 billion dollars. Very, very interesting. But now, as I said before, a few days after that, you have the central bank issuing a warning saying that if the entire system collapses, gold will be needed to start over. 
And I'm sure I'll have somebody check my history, but I do remember that back in the day uh, here in America, I think it was like during the recession that they actually confiscated people's gold and gave them, gave them, I think, were those bonds instead. I'm not sure, but let's get into this article right here, and we probably won't have time to cover it all because it's a very lengthy thing, and I think people should take the time to look at it, but let's just get into what we can over here. Uh, it says, it's not just tinfoil blogs who for the past 11 years have been warning that a monetary reset is inevitable and the only viable fallback option once trust and faith in, the, in, in fiat is lost is a gold standard. Central banks are joining the doom parade now too. An article published by the Netherlands, by the Netherlands Bank or the Dutch Central Bank has shocked many with his claim that, quote, if the system collapses, that gold stock can serve as a basis to build up upon it again. Gold bolsters confidence in, st in the stability of central banks' balance sheet and creates a sense of security. While gloomy predictions of a monetary reset are hardly new, they have traditionally been re re relegated to the fringe of mainstream financial thought. After all, as Mario Draghi stated on several occasions in recent years, the, m the mere contemplations of a doomsday scenario is enough to create the self-fulfilling prophecy which materializes it. As such, it is stunning to see a mainstream financial institution open up about a superior value of limited supply, non-fiat, sound money assets. It is also or hypocritical given the diametrically opposed Keynesian practices regularly engaged in by central banks and, off and official institutions worldwide. After all, just a few months back, the IMF published a paper bashing Germany's adoption of the gold standard in the 1870s as a catalyst for the instability in the global monetary system. Fast forward to today, when the Dutch Central Bank is admitting that not only did gold not destabilize the monetary system, but it will be its only savior when everything crashes. The article titled, DNB's Gold Stock States, A Bar of Gold Retains Its Value Even in a Times of Crisis, this makes, its opposite, this makes it the opposite of shares, bonds, and other securities, all of which have inherent risks and prices can go down. According to the IMF's latest data, the DNB holds 615 tons, 15,000 bars, of gold mainly in Amsterdam with other stores in the UK and North America. The value of this gold reserve is over 6 billion, 6.62 billion. You know, and I just got this weird, I'm just, I'm just thinking about this because this is how all this stuff works, you know, and you, and you just got to have the mind to pay attention to it. It's like, while we're over here talking about the monetary reset, you see them creating things like Bitcoin, Fedcoin, Globalcoin, all of these different things, uh, really getting rid of cash, really trying to get things back to, back, back, basically getting things online, the cashless society, to where they can monitor transactions and, 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 and really pushing it behind that. But is Bitcoin even backed by gold? And again, another crazy thing that just kind of happens like this is a few weeks ago, September 30th, uh, you know, we had this video, this stunning clip that shows billions in gold and cash hidden in this Chinese mayor's basement. They, the house of Zhang Kui, the 57-year-old former mayor of Danjiao, who has 13.5 tons of gold in ingots in his secret basement. That's just, that's just mind-blowing. And for our audio listeners, you guys can't see it, but I'm playing the video right there where this guy has racks on racks on racks, probably more gold than Drake. <laughs> More gold than, more gold than some of these rappers just just chilling in his basement right there, and it's worth six hundred and twenty-five dollars in gold cash, thirty-seven billion. So let's bot back over here to where we're talking about this, uh, this this 
this reserve that we're losing. Uh, Colin Gold, the trust anchor, the, the article details briefly why the hard asset is so important to wealth building and the global economy, claiming, quote, gold is the trust anchor for the financial system. If the whole system collapses, the gold stock provides a collateral to start over. Gold gives confidence in the power of the central bank's balance sheet. Why this sudden mission of what gold bugs have been saying for years? Perhaps it has to do with the fact that on October 7th, the amount it announced would soon be moving to a large part of its gold reserves to, quote, the new DNB cash center at military premises in Zeist, almost as if the Netherlands is preparing for the massive grand reset and is moving its most valuable assets to a, quote, military installation just for that purpose. As Bitcoin.com tongue-in-cheek points out, quote, DNB is no stranger than no stranger to playing along with the Keynesian infl infl inflationary games of the global monetary system, a system which, according to some, is now more a Ponzi scheme based on force and blind faith than sound economic principle. That notwithstanding, the centralized fi financial powers of the world know that the real score, and that's why hard assets like gold are hoarded and locked down while everyday individual residents of these geopolitical jurisdictions are encouraged to spend and spend, going further into debt, to prop up ultimately unsound national economies, it is a hardly it is hardly a, con, a coincidence that in preparation for monetary doomsday, the Dutch central bank is also said to begin cracking down on crypto exchanges and wallets, stating that quote firms offering services for the exchange of cryptos between or for the exchange between cryptos and regular money and crypto wallet providers must register with the with the Dutch national bank. That's crazy. So essentially what we're talking about is that is the Dutch preparing for some kind of global financial reset and then literally saying, look, if you're going to start doing bit training, Bitcoin trading and exchanging, we have to be able to see your transactions. They're, prepare, they're preparing for some kind of crazy monetary reset. They want to be able to crash the economy, as I've talked about before, underneath Trump. And as the Extinction Rebellion leader has talked about, and we'll, we'll, we'll discuss him in the next segment as well how they want to bring down governments to install a new one. You see how all these different factors play into it. It's the socioeconomic, the socio-political reformation that's taking place. This is why you hear them say capitalism must end. And I've said this when I refer to Trump's whole presidency. The idea is to give us the illusion of returning back to capitalism just for them to collapse it. But you see, because we're going to be talking about what happens when these people collapse the government and what's going to happen next. You know, this is the socioeconomic reformation. We're going to talk about how they're going to rebuild it on the other side and what they're going to be rebuilding it with. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into climate extinction. The IMF saying that carbon tax is the most powerful way to fight climate change. And essentially a movie... I say this because it's very various videos that talk about these, 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 these climate change protesters, these climate change activists, the Extinction Rebellion. They're really making a name for themselves, and we're going, to be getting, we're going to be getting into them and more on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Thank you. 
Welcome back. Episodes like these sometimes end up just flowing together. That's how it all works. But this is why we have to switch things up every now and then, just so we can pay attention to things in a completely different way. We don't really, uh, you know, I, I, I had said this, I had mentioned this briefly when I was talking about, uh, you know, what was going on with me earlier this week. People think that it's just easy to get into this mindset and get this modality and just be able to call upon this information and these key points, these data points, and just be able to expound upon them. People think it's very easy to even have the words and the lexicon to put all this stuff together. I can assure you it's not. Part of it's confidence, part of it's knowledge, part of it's just wishing Hail Mary would happen. But at the end of the day, what it's about is the commitment to doing something greater, to being greater for yourself and for others. (laughs) You see, these are the days that we move into. And they're going to become increasingly more trying. And if you don't develop a marathon mindset, you're never going to want to see the end of these things. You're never going to want to to, to get over these things, to get to the end of these things. You see, the mindset that's being promoted these days, it truly is one that is anti-human. Part of an anti-life equation or something. It's something that disguises itself as freedom, when really all it is is submission and control. I've talked about this before, how to me, freedom... Liberty, peace, love, harmony, all these things are things that you can find within yourself. It takes a certain level of discipline and self-mastery, emotional control, and so much more for you to see these things. But these people who are slaves to their emotions, slaves to all of their vices, slaves to these these chains that that have been put onto them by society, these people aren't free. These are the people that have lied to themselves. And these are the days that we moved into. And this is why it, 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 it takes a certain level of discernment and action. Because you can have, like, having discernment's good, but also learning action is equally as important. It takes a certain level of discernment to be aware and courage to act. And it's going to be uncomfortable. But you have to be willing to make that, as I said before at the start of the show, that sacrifice to get what you want. You have to forego the comfortability that you're familiar with to seek after that long-term, that long-term success. And very few people are talking about mindsets and modalities and, per, and uh, 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 lifestyles, productive habits and behaviors such as this these days. They're really trying to push things on these people that only offer submission. And with that being said, let's start this segment. So we're going to be talking about uh, these, 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 these protesters. The Extinction Rebellion, they've really been making a name for themselves. They are quickly becoming the the eco-fascists that I kept warning you good people about. These are the eco-extremists that I really try to point out to you guys. But now, they're making coordinated attacks, coordinated protests in London and New York and all over the world. They're organizing. And I think that's very crazy. But here, before we even get into some of that that you know, we just left off talking about how the, the the Dutch National Bank is preparing essentially for a global economic reset. Not a financial collapse, but it's some kind of a reset. Who knows what's going to happen? I call it the socioeconomic reformation, the sustainable economy. We will see what happens. But you have the Dutch National Bank talking about gold being needed for for if the system collapses. Now, Let's jump over here, because now you have the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, talking about how a climate ta- or a carbon tax is the most powerful way to fight climate change. Now, before I had talked about the Dutch National Bank, I played for you guys a quick clip 
of uh, the, the, the UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez saying that uh, by the end of October, the United Nations will run out of money. So here we are, casually going about our life. Venezuela is already experiencing hyperinflationary collapse. They're trying to use Bitcoin to get themselves back on, 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 on point. Uh, they're doing deals in gold with their oil, with, with, with Russia and China. And out of nowhere, out of left field, you have the International Monetary Fund saying that carbon tax is the most powerful way to fight climate change. So we're saying the, this is it. I really hope I'm painting the picture for you guys. This is the, social, the socioeconomic reformation disguised as, as a collapse. They want to be able to use this whole climate change religion, right? The, 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 the carbon emissions, the greenhouse gases, they want to be able to use the carbon, the cult of climate change, to institute the carbon tax that will finance everything else. Well, how, how, can, you, how can you tax carbon? It, we're carbon-based life forms. That doesn't make sense. There's articles out even today that talk about how the CO2 levels are rising, and that's just making things greener. I don't understand. But because they know most people don't understand, or we aren't really working in logic, or they'll begin to do things to where we actually have to start car uh, counting our carbon, or, 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 or all of these other elements, you see, all these other base chemicals, We'll, we, because we'll have to get into that mode. I, I really hope this is making sense. Let me just get in this article. We put this up October 16th. It's from Signs of the Times. It says the International Monetary Fund released a report that says, in, says action is urgently needed to tackle the climate crisis. It said that countries around the world need to drastically reduce their carbon emissions immediately, and the most effective way is through a carbon tax and with global cooperation, as Reuters reported. The report did not mince words when it came to the threat that, cl that the climate crisis poses. Quote, global warming causes major, major damage to the global economy and the natural world and endangers risks or, of catastrophic and irreversible outcomes, the IMF said in its semi-annual fiscal monitor, monitor report released ahead of next week's IMF and World Bank fall meetings of finance leaders and policymakers, according to Reuters. The IMF's report said a meaningful carbon tax is, quote, the most is the single most powerful way to handle the climate crisis since it allows businesses and households to, to find the lowest cost ways of reducing energy use and transitioning towards cleaner alternatives. So let me let me let me let me jump in right there, because I think part of what this is beginning to part of what this is, what this seems like to me. And we've talked about this in relation to California, uh, in relation to California. Los Angeles signing up for the Green New Deal, Seattle signing up for the Green New Deal, uh, uh, New York City signing up for the Green New Deal, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez going to Florida to threaten Miami to tell them to take the Green New Deal. What we're beginning to see, and I talked about this before, is the, the gradual understanding of consumption versus production, your, your carbon footprint, your greenhouse gas emissions, and things like this. They're going to be charging you essentially extra if you do not level your, your your carbon emissions it's like i was talking with a good buddy of mine we've had him on the show a few times uh i don't want to say his name because this this is it's, it's a little bit more personal but the guy ended up having like over 50 different solar panels installed on his house right he he, he created this state of electricity in california to where it was considered over he called it over unity and i said good lord what does that even mean well well ej Overunity means that I was literally creating energy. I was I was so negative in like my my energy uh, consumption that I was producing energy. 
and I've, and I've heard people talk about this before, that, that, that certain states will pay them for essentially producing excess energy that other people can benefit from. I'm like, good Lord, you're a genius. But that's where we're at these days. You're, you're going to have to figure out how to cheat that system. And, and, I, and I, I, could, I could talk about you know solar panels not working in a, in a chemtrailed sky and stuff like this, but I, I think you guys get the point. This is why I'm talking about the socioeconomic reformation. Uh, gradually switching over to renewable energies, the, the, the sustainable development economy, the technocracy, and the scientific dictatorship. Uh, in California, they're already beginning to monitor people who go over, what is it, 50 or 55 different gallons. Um, you know, they're telling certain people in certain areas of the, of, of, of the world, don't flush the toilet, just use the shower. And, and, and I know all these things sound crazy, uh, but this is why we've covered CNN promoting the pod life because uh, – because the cost of living in California is becoming so high. This is why they're advocating minimalism and all these other things. It's a whole culture push. It's a whole lifestyle. You see, this is why I mean the socioeconomic reformation. But here, let's get back into this. Uh, quote, we view physical policy as a crucial way of combating climate change, said Paolo Mauro. <laughs> That's really his name, Paolo Mauro. Or Paolo Mauro. Paolo Mauro. Uh, Deputy Director of Fiscal Affairs Department at the IMF, as CNBC reported, quote, you can reshape the tax system and you can reshape the fiscal policy more generally in order to discourage carbon emissions. However, there is sure to be backlash to the IMF's proposal since it calls for a drastic rise in energy bills. Quote, to limit the global warming to limit the global warming to see to see or less uh, the level is deemed safe by science, large emitting countries need to take ambitious action. IMF economists said, as The Guardian reported, quote, for example, they should introduce a carbon tax set to rise as quickly to $75 a ton in 2030. This would mean household electrical bills would go up by 43% cumulatively over the next decade on average. More in countries that still rely heavily on coal and electricity generation, less elsewhere, less elsewhere. Uh, gasoline would cost 14% more on average. While more than 40 governments around the world have implemented some form of carbon pricing, the global average carbon price is $2 a ton, a small fraction of the 75 a ton price in 2030. That the IMF insists is necessary to keep a 2 degree Celsius warming target, according to the report. The idea is that a sharp spike in prices will force businesses and consumers to seek more affordable options provided by cleaner renewable energy. So what they're saying is they, they literally want to push people. They will make renewable energy, air quote, cheap. And this is where I begin, I've talked to you guys about this time and time again, where they want to try to sell you free energy. You know, they want to push things like cleaner, renewable energy, making it seem cheaper when it's really not sustainable. Like I, I, We're going to have to get into this more. They're going to make driving a car extremely expensive. Like, I, I guess the same way I see this this climate enforcement take place is the same way that they're going to begin to fine people for not getting vaccine shots uh, as they do in Australia. No jab, no pay. If you don't get vaccines, you don't get your pay. Uh, no jab or no play. It is for uh, for school kids. It's where if you don't get your vaccine, you don't get to play with the kids. It's where if you don't buy into, if you don't have like your renewable energy, you're not allowed to do certain things. And that sounds crazy, but you give it a few years and you have these eco-extremists and these eco-fascists get their way, they will get inside of government, they will get inside of business and industry, and they will literally criminalize fossil fuel usage, anything that has to do with gasolines, 
and they will only allow it for people who have the means to pay for it. This is why I've told you time and time again, they want to criminalize the American grandiose largest lifestyle that we have. Sustainable development, global communism, the green agenda, the Green New Deal. Uh, let me get back into this. It says the report that noted that the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement set a target of keeping warming at just two degrees Celsius above pre-industrial times. The current global commitments ignore that target and are consistent with three degrees Celsius warming. The report also noted that many of the world's wealthiest and most industrialized nations will miss their own targets. Quote, implementation of existing commitments is therefore a first step priority, but mechanisms to boost action at a global level are urgently needed. The report said, as Reuters reported, uh, a hefty carbon tax is already in place in some countries. Great Britain has a, has seen coal use plummet after 2013 carbon tax. Canada has a carbon tax that will hit at 35 or $38 per ton of carbon in 2022. Even China will start a cap and trade program next year, as CNBC reported. Quote, the cost of achieving emissions emissions reductions through these approaches would be lower than the cost to the people and the planet from climate change the report said so basically what they're saying is they want to get everybody on board with the one world government the sustainable development goals uh and one of the chief purveyors of this one of the main people that talks about this all the time is pope francis uh, he essentially is the herald for it but why did i start this segment off talking about the imf saying the carbon tax is the most powerful way to fight climate change because they want to take it from a as i said before a socioeconomic aspect they want to literally criminalize anything that doesn't act in alignment with climate change and with the sustainable development. But now, fast forward to where we are these days, now you have these, the, you have these shock troops, you have the ground forces, you have extinction, rebellion. You have their leader, Roger Hallam, talking about how the founders of, of the, the founder of, of Extinction Rebellion, how he threatens to bring down governments and say some may die in the process. Let me play for you guys this clip to get it on record. We are going to force the governments to act. And if we don't, if they don't, we'll bring them down and create a democracy fit for purpose. And yes, some may die in the process. We are going to force the governments to act. And if we don't, if they don't, we'll bring them down and create a democracy fit for purpose. And yes, some may die in the process. There you have it. Some may die in the process. Because that's the point. And I played for you guys just last week the clip of one of the Extinction Rebellion <laughs> activists crying uh, at, the, at the protests, trying to just basically get like a reaction to people. I told you guys that these people sometimes, they... You have actors acting as activists, and I would definitely recommend you guys go check it out, uh, but because it doesn't really seem real, it's all meant to point at your heartstrings. Again, shock troops. You have, the, you have governments already aligning with the SDGs, the socioeconomic reformation that has to take place, but they have to win the hearts and the minds of the people. They have to get people thinking in the right way. We just had the debates take place. Unfortunately, I didn't get, get, didn't get time this week to sit down and watch them, uh, but one of the main things these people are talking about is healthcare, immigration, climate change, and so much more. Hearts and minds, people. Hearts and minds. And what better way to get your hearts and minds than to begin to uh, cry all kinds, to feel some type of way, to tug at the heartstrings. Even today, and I want to read to you guys this real quick article. Even today, as we as before we came onto the air, there was more antics 
from these Extinction Rebellion protesters. Uh, you had angry Londoners drag this climate protester from the top of the roof because they're all trying to get to work. This 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 protester is trying to make his <laughs> trying to make his stand, and they just drag the guy down. We put this up October seventeenth. It's from the Drudge Report feed. It says middle class virtue signalers met with li little enthusiasm from working class commuters. It says, it says, angry Londoners, furious at having their lives disrupted, dragged Extinction Rebellion climate change protesters from the roof of a train this morning. The incident happened at, counting, at Canning Town Tube Station, located in London, poor East End, a particularly stupid venue for Extinction Rebellion activists to pull, a to, to pull such a stunt. One decidedly middle-class-looking protester climbed on top of the train, but was pelted with objects before being dragged back down to the platform. Almost immediately, another protester climbed on top of the train, but was also pursued and dragged back down. London Underground staff had to intervene to prevent the protesters get, <laughs> from, get, from getting a substantial beating. Another video shows commuters arguing with one of the protesters before forcing her to admit she's a hypocrite. <laughs> Police said four protesters were arrested. Now, why are we covering this stuff? Why, why are we covering this stuff? Because as silly as even that seems, that's not, that's not all that's going to happen. That's, that's just what happened today. As before we came onto the air, a few days ago, you had some of the protesters in the financial district in London occupying the area. Let's, let's see if we can get this clip up for you guys and play it. <laughs> comes from Zero Hedge. It's by Tyler Durden. They put this up October 14th. It says climate change activists target BlackRock headquarters in London as hundreds occupy the financial district. And basically what they're talking about is the hundreds of people who were literally just standing there. <laughs> just just standing there. Just occupying a space because uh, BlackRock, their headquarters, they're, 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 they're giving too much. So you have them showing up in mass trying to show force saying, hey, we're going to make sure that you stop doing what you're doing. We, we, we don't want you to pay too much into this. Uh, just last week, we talked about how the Extinction Rebellion protesters, a week before even that, uh, were outside of a, I forget what, what building it is, but they were in another financial aspect of London trying to spray fake blood on the place. But before they could even do so, the hose to the fire truck blew up and all the blood sprayed out there on the streets. And so this has been going on for quite some time. This has essentially all been happening after Greta Thunberg has just whipped the world into a frenzy in relation to climate change. And so when I tell you that these are the eco-fascists and the eco-extremists that I'm telling you about, the ones that are going to criticize you for eating steak, for liking whiskey, for driving fast cars, and you know doing what you do, these are the people that are going to hate your lifestyle. These are the eco-extremists and the eco-fascists that are going to criminalize every single action you do. They're going to begin to tax you for your lifestyle. And here, let me play for you guys this quick clip. I'll just read you guys this quick article. I don't even know if I'll play the clip. It's uh, it's from the Voice of America. It says, Extinction Rebellion protests brings Times Square to a standstill. 62 arrested. So while you have people in New York at their financial district, you also have them coordinating with Extinction Rebellion here in America. And I really think that's something people need to pay attention to. 
the same way that there are Antifa here in America, there are also Antifa uh, out there in Europe that people need to pay attention to. They're all over the place. These people are everywhere, but most don't really think about the coordination that's taking place. Again, the eco-environmentally, uh, the environmentally conscious aspect of Antifa. I'm sure we, we, I'm sure we would find people that cross over. But let me get into this article. It's from Sign of the Times. We put this up October 11th. It says dozens of Extinction Rebellion protesters were arrested after supergluing themselves to a bright green boat they towed into a busy Times Square intersection in New York City, blocking traffic. Some 62 protesters were taken into custody after, a park, after parking a lime green sailboat in the middle of Times Square, one of the city's most busiest, or one of the city's busiest interactions, snarling up traffic for two hours on a Thursday morning. The stunt, engineered by the controversial a- environmental activist group Extinction Rebellion, was designed to force action on climate change. The boat and many of the protesters' signs demanded that government, quote, act now. Demonstrators, many wearing life jackets or carrying cardboard, quote, life preservers printed with slogans, converged on the busy landmark around 10 a.m., forcing the closure of several interactions or intersections in three entire blocks. Many glued, superglued their hands to the boat, preventing easy removal, and even the unattached refused to move when asked by police, repeatedly intentionally, quote, this is a climate emergency. Instead, by noon... <laughs> police, were, uh, police were able to tow the, vo- the vessel away, having used a chemical to unglue the protesters. The protest was, sec- was the second major Extinction Rebellion demonstration in New York this week, part of what the group has described as a two-week global c- civil disobedience campaign. That saw hundreds of activists descend on cities' financial districts on Monday, covering themselves in fake blood and staging a, quote, die-in around the iconic Wall Street bull. The group, which claims to have 50 chapters in 56 countries, plans to target, quote, institutions whose decisions greatly impact the climate crisis. So there you have it. These are the eco-environmentalists, the eco-environmentalists or the eco-extremists that I keep telling you about. And as I said before, this comes on the heel of your favorite environmentalist, your favorite activist, your favorite youth protester Greta Thunberg it is we young people and future generations who are going to suffer the most from the climate and ecological crisis it should not be up to us to take the responsibility but since the leaders are behaving like children, then we have no other choice. The older generations are failing us, and the political leaders are failing us. But but we will be watching and holding them accountable. Now, you know, the more I pay attention to this climate change and this eco-environmentalism and this eco-fascism, the more I just find myself thinking of the technocracy, scientific dictatorship, you know, them literally monitoring the environment. And when she says weird, ambiguous things like that, saying we will be watching, I just keep thinking, does that mean she's going to use the AI AI Google Godhead to, to watch if I go over my quota? Like, is she, is she going to use the scientific dictatorships, like, all-seeing eye to see that, like, I left a, a, a sink on? And I say this tongue-in-cheek because this is where they're going. 
if they can already have chapters in 56 different countries, and we only talked about just America and, uh, and the U.K., if we're already talking about just these two and what, they're, what news they're able to do, I think people should just be very cautious. These are your neighbors. These are your baristas. These are your teachers. These are your postal workers. These are, these, these are your delivery people, you see. And these are all things that people need to pay attention to. I wanted to play for you guys a quick clip of uh, Jason Momoa speaking at the climate summit, shaming humanity, calling us a disease. But if you guys want to go do that, you can go listen to it in the most previous in the in the previous episode. Uh, but what I want to do instead to begin to switch gears is to talk about how these technologies and the, how we have the ability to undo all this damage already. We don't really need government action. What we really need is for government to remove some of these regulations. What we need is for government to let to get out of the way and let people take care of these things because we actually really do have the solutions. People don't really need to be told, hey, you need to watch your consumption, your production, your carbon footprint, and your greenhouse gas emissions. We don't need to be told these things. We can see the, we can see the evidence of it. You, don't need to, you can look at my electric bill and look at how much I can conserve. <laughs> I have to. And we don't need government to enforce these things because naturally people will come to these, 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 uh, these revelations. And the reason I say that is because of this next article, forward slash video, that I want to play for you guys, where we have a Texas inventor bringing an atmospheric water generator to Flint, Michigan, and other countries or other communities in need. Let's take a listen. Clean drinking water, a natural resource we often take for granted near the Great Lakes. But Moses West knows a water crisis is quietly growing. Everybody knows we're running out of water. A problem the retired ranger spent the past four years working to eliminate. All the water that we need it, it exists right here in the air. He believed so strongly in that idea. In 2015, West invented an atmospheric water generator, or AWG, a machine that takes in air and turns it into drinking water. We're at the place now, I think, making 50, 100, 200, 250,000, a million gallons of water at an incredibly low energy consumption. I think cheap, cheaper than groundwater by far. Uh, cheaper than desalination. So far, 12 of these AWGs exist. West planted them in three areas, nice. including the Bahamas, Puerto Rico, and Flint, Michigan. I need to engage with the people here, and I need to show them what I... At a boy, Moses. At a boy, Moses. That's what's up. Let me get into this article. It comes from uh, Natural Blaze. They put this up October 10th. It says, profoundly useful inventions having to do with the use or production of water are a common topic that catches our eye. Reports of water fuel devices are often interesting as are devices capable of cleaning water. However, it's not often that we hear about devices capable of producing water. Recently, it was reported that a Texas man created a machine that is, cap that is capable of extracting water from nothing more than the moisture of the air. Moses West, 59, a retired Army officer, pioneered something known as an AWG, a atmospheric water generator, in 2015. It cools human air until the vapor is in it is condensed into a liquid. Once the proper amount of condensation has been collected, the device filters it, leaving behind clean, perfectly drinkable water. It looks like some type of fixture that might contain electrical equipment or perhaps an industrial air conditioning system outside a large building. A metal rectangular device approximately twice the, twice the height of an average person standing on metal stilts. The device is the size of a 20-foot shipping container made to produce 3,500 gallons of water per day with a storage capacity of 528 gallons. 
In the aftermath of Hurricane Maria, which devastated Puerto Rico in 2017, Moses brought his machine to the island of Vieques, Vieques, Vieques uh, providing clean drinking water to the people who couldn't need it more. He also brought the, the devices to Flint, Michigan, and to the Bahamas, where he ingenuity with where his ingenuity has offered the most creative help ever to give communities in need fresh water, and that's what's important. So, where <laughs> government act now? Government don't kill this man and don't kill people like him because this is what's important. We we always we all get so hot and wet for people like Elon Musk, but you won't hear word about people like uh, Moses West. You won't hear a word about that little eight-year-old Mexican girl creating a solar water heater. You won't hear a word about these people actually providing solutions. All we do is realize the government kills these people and stay. And we need them to stay away. Government, get away. Don't act. You guys are so used to not acting. Don't do this. Don't, don't take these types of beneficial things away from people. And the reason I say that is to switch up the entire tone is because you have thousands of people. If you, if you have chapters in 56 different countries all trying to fight extinction, <laughs> rebelling against extinction, climate change. How did not God dang one of you come up with this atmospheric water generator? I don't see Moses West uh, wearing like Antifa clo clothes or flags or any of that. He's a ar retired army officer and he comes up with this. But you have people in 56 different countries incapable of thinking for themselves to provide a legitimate solution. Good Lord, this is the problem. This is why I tell people to resist the group think. You see, if you see a problem, fix it. Do not demand that somebody else fix your problem. Become the solution. Oh, my good golly gosh. This is where we're at these days. But I want to finish this segment off because this is, this is what's important. And I'll, and I'll do a future episode and transmission on this, on, the, on both of those things. I'm going to do a future transmission on all the content that you'll see over there at Liberation Legion. It's more light-geared, environmental, positive stuff. Uh, but also, I'm going to do a future transmission on the idea of going to space. I think it's about time that we do a redo of the Space Force uh, information. But recently, Jeff Bezos appeared in front of people talking about uh, how we have to go to space to save Earth. And I talk about this all the time and how the, the point is for them to weaponize the environment to such a detrimental point to where we willingly go inside their matrix. Now, we have to save the space talk for... We have to. We really have to save and re conserve the space talk uh, because the military-industrial complex is very real. The space force is very real. Uh, the deep state is very real. All of these, the secret space program is very, all of this stuff is real. UFOs are real. Uh, we just had China actually reveal through their Global Times page on on Twitter uh, their own. What was it? It's a flying attack helicopter, flying saucer. Yeah. Attack helicopter flying saucer. I don't, I'm not sure. It's futuristic. But my point behind this is we have the technology. Even in this this uh, this clip, Jeff Bezos talks about how we have the technology to have reusable rockets to send people up into space and come back down, you know, and back forth. Uh, and even before that, Elon Musk, just the week before or a few weeks before, he had came out and talked about how that's the plan to get, to get to Mars. But my point behind talking about all these things is this is where we really should be going. This is the type of conversation we should be having, despite people thinking uh, that's not the case. I know that flat earthers think that there's. I know that flat earthers will say that there's no space because of well the dome and the firmament. That's okay. Uh, I ha I know that there are people 
there, uh, I know that there are conservatives that will say, hey, there's no reason to waste money on a space program. I know that there are Democrats and liberals who say we don't really need to be going to space at all because we have enough problems here. I think every single one of the people I just mentioned right there are very right. But I think the point behind having an overarching goal of getting to space and thinking of a better tomorrow, now that's important. I think that's what humanity needs. When I say the pro-human renaissance space future, imagine this, and, 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 and this is why I want to play this clip for you guys, because Jeff Bezos puts it perfectly. Imagine this. We're, on, we're, we're, we're a multi-planetary race to where we have millions of different people. We already have millions. But imagine, uh, imagine uh, a thousand different da Vinci's. Imagine uh, a thousand different Moses Wests, right? Creating these atmospheric water generators on different planets. Imagine uh, a thousand different uh, 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 Michelangelos painting great pictures. Imagine uh, a thousand different Nikola Teslas. You see, imagine the different variations that humanity can create if we are exposed to this level of adversity and we learn different things and we put ourselves in different situations. This is that pro-human renaissance-based future. If only one, if, 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 Moses, if Moses West is able to create this and it's able to have this much effect and we all know that the government's going to try to come in there and get their check, imagine that there's thousands of him. This is what I mean by the socioeconomic reformation. But the, but the ideas and the viewpoints that are being put out there today, they're not going to have that same uh, gravitas, that same weight to them because of how, political, uh, or how, uh, how polarized and politicized everything is today. You see, if we don't have a great future in mind, then we will begin to regress. And that's where we are right now. This is the decadence that we're facing. You don't have people that want to go to space. You have people that want to go into cyberspace. You have people that want to go into the Xbox land, into the Playstations, into the YouTubes, into the Twitters, into the social medias. You don't have people that want to have an interplanetary race. Or you don't have people that want to be multidimensional. You don't have people that want to uh, even engage in astral, tra astral projection, you see. And that's what I mean by the dangers of the black mirror. It is harvesting our creativity. But I'll save that discussion for another day. Let me play for you guys this quick clip of Jeff Bezos saying that we have to go to space to save Earth. I don't even really believe in stasis. I think things are either growing or shrinking. I, don't, I think stasis is highly, highly uh, unusual and in real life doesn't exist. I don't even think liberty is consistent with the idea of stasis. I mean, if you get real stasis, somebody's going to have to tell you how many kids you can have, how much energy you can use. There'll be all kinds of things that just aren't consistent with, with liberty and freedom. So, but in space, we have... And I just want to point this out real quick. He's essentially talking about the scientific dictatorship and the technocracy. Resource management, population control, that's what he means by the stasis. But let's continue. For all practical purposes, unlimited resources. We could have a trillion humans in the solar system, uh, and wouldn't, still wouldn't be crowded. Um, and so then, if you had a trillion humans, you'd have a thousand Einsteins and a thousand Mozarts and a thousand Da Vinci's. And how cool would that be? But we have to go to space, and we have to go to space to save Earth. That's why this work is so important, and we don't have forever to do it. We've now gotten so big as a civilization on Earth that we kind of have to hurry. And so I believe that, um, that, you know, that, that really the kind of, I don't even really believe in stasis. I think things are even I would definitely recommend you guys, I would definitely recommend you guys go check out the full clip uh, because I, I, I always, I know, I know how people feel with Amazon. It's a massive company. It's taking over everything. I totally understand that. But we need to begin to start looking at the next step in, evo in evolution. 
where we're going as far as like society, what's happening with this new world order thing, and so much more. And I'm not saying I agree entirely with what everything Jeff Bezos is doing and saying, but in this particular instance, I have to align myself with what he's talking about. And so that's, that's what I want to leave this segment off with. The climate extinction is very real. We are facing very real problems, and it's going to take a completely different approach to fixing these things than the mindset it is that got us here. It's all this complaining, this, this, this wasting of time, and not being like Moses West or this little eight-year-old Mexican girl, uh, Guadalupe Cruz, what is this? It's Zacato Guadalupe Cruz. Yes. Working together to actually find solutions. We, 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 we prop Elon Musk up here like he's, this, like he's this godhead, and you see how they've literally weaponized him against us. He's, he's unveiling his own neural link and his neural chips. We need to begin to start thinking of practical solutions in our own life that can benefit others. This is that pro-human, renaissance-based future, and I can assure you the government will not do just that. Uh, but like I said, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about this anti-humanism. This is what I feel like is afflicting us on so many levels. It's that suicide spirit and so much more. Uh, we're going to be talking about hundreds of, y- of young trans people seeking to return to their original sex. Johnson & Johnson agreeing to pay $8 billion to a man who grew breasts after taking their drugs, as well as Sesame Street introducing a Muppet whose mother is addicted to opioids. This is what I mean by the anti-humanism. Everything we just talked about in the latter parts of this segment, that pro-human, renaissance-based future, yeah, these people really aren't pushing that. You'll see what they're pushing, this and more, on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction, Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this.
Welcome back. And salutations. That's right. You've made it this far. Let's see if we can take it home. Let's see if we can take it home and blow your dome. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes these episodes are either on point, really good, really like we, we have a variety here. We have a we have a variety of shows the same way we have a variety of content and a variety of views and perspectives. Is that not for sure? You know, normally we have a lot of things going on, gang. And, you know, it's it's it is fun to theorize. It is fun to postulate. It is fun to uh, contemplate these things. But at a certain level, we also have to begin to become practical and real when we look at these things. I have to make a spicy meme about uh, what I think it's like a football size field. I don't know if it's don't don't quote me on that. It might be like half a football size field. Uh, But it's a it's a it's the world's largest Ouija board. And so I don't even know why I'm talking about this because, you know, this isn't this this doesn't have to do with anything anti-humanism. But I have to make a spicy meme about the world's largest Ouija board being created in Salem, Massachusetts. And I say this because the the Satanic Temple uh, recently came up with their own, or they came up with a new headquarters as well. But with the typical Ouija board, you know, it's like the size of a laptop that people play on. It's got the planchette. You know, there's a whole there's a whole protocol as to how to use it appropriately. Now imagine something. Because people mess with the Ouija board all the time. It, cre- it invites ghosts. Sometimes they have poltergeist-like activity. Imagine a, a football-sized field or a half-football-sized field, uh, half the size of a football field Ouija board. What will that let through? That's like the spiritual equivalent of CERN. Like CERN is a technological equivalent of opening up portals. Could you imagine something like that and what else it could do? Oh, my good Lord. So I'm, I have to make that after I get off the air with you guys. And I just think that's crazy because these are the days that we're in. We're amplifying all of this stuff as if we, we see all the warning signs, we see everything that's going on. Screw it. We're going we're gonna to go right for it anyway. Uh, but let's get into this, this anti-humanism. What is that? Well, for this particular segment, I decided to go all the way back to the start of the year, February 25th, 2019, to find that video that I was talking about all the time with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez spouting up that nonsense about population control, where she's saying that people maybe shouldn't re- reproduce due to climate change. Now, I've t- like, now, now think about this, okay? At the start of the year, she did this. At the start of the year, she did this. We just talked about how uh, that protester, right? She showed up at one of her events and said that we need to eat the babies. This is what she created. This is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez created everything I just discussed in this previous segment. That's why I, have, I, 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 I think people really need to understand what it's like to have somebody like her in an influential pe- in a position of power. As, since the start of this year, so for the past eight months, we have seen nothing but intense radicalization of this eco-extremism and this eco-fascism. And it comes from people saying things just like this. Our planet is going to be a disaster if we don't turn the ship around. And so it's basically like there's scientific consensus that the lives of children are going to be very difficult. And it does lead, I think, young people to have a legitimate question. You know, should, is it okay to still have children? And I mean, not just financially, because 
people are graduating with twenty, thirty, a hundred thousand dollars worth of student loan debt, and so they can't even afford to have kids in a house. But also just this basic moral question, like what do we do? And and even if you don't have kids, there are still children here in the world, and we have a moral obligation to them and uh, to leave a better world for them. And this idea that if we just, you know, I've been working on this for X amount of years. Um, it's like not good. Our planet is going to be a disaster. So there she is telling you that's what she started. So at the start of the year, she told you, we, you, you, you should not have kids. Since then, we've seen the birth strikers movement where ladies are for not having kids because climate change. You see, we, we played a few clips of kids ranging from like 12 to 18 to 19 saying they have no future because the world's going to end. We've heard people like Bernie Sanders say abortion is good because climate change. You've had professors say that have come out and said, hey, cannibalism is good for climate change. You know, like really think about like the, 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 the anti-humanism that these people are pushing. Like really, really think about it. And it's all in the name of like of this weird version, this weird inverted version of self-empowerment. It's like it's, it's a weird. It really is very strange. Uh, you know, and, and one of the things I've been talking about a lot more lately, because this is where we're going, if this is the damage that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the, the Green New Deal, the Green Agenda, all this stuff has caused so far, let's take it a step further, because 2021 is right around the corner, and then from there, 2030 is just a few, sta a few years away. It's going to get to a point to where they begin to teach your child, you should not procreate because of climate change. You're, you need castration, or you need sterilization, you're going to be infertile. Because the, the earth cannot sustain you anymore. We've talked about the Georgia Guidestones to where they want to have people live in perpetual harmony with the earth to where they can have the, 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 the population down to a manageable uh, level. This is where it comes in. Don't reproduce because climate change. You're, you, are a, you are a cancer. As, Jane, as Jason Momoa says, you are a disease upon the planet. And they are going to begin to teach these principles and these values to children. Now, what in good, what in what in God's name do you think that's going to do? If you think the nihilism, the apathy, the decadence, the depression, the anxiety, the mental health epidemic—if you think it's bad now—imagine people not literally being able to follow their biological programming, realizing that I've been realizing that they've been sterilized. They're incapable of carrying on this 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 natural human experience imagine that they're already removing god from school but what happens whenever they remove humanity whenever they remove our ability to procreate to choose because it'll get to a point to where you have to be genetically compatible too many variations and too many too many too many children too many offsprings uh, with 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 the, with choice it'll be guided evolution eugenics epigenetics gattaca population control this is the dangerous part of it. Guided evolution. And it all comes from climate change. It all comes from people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying just that, that, well, maybe people shouldn't reproduce. The situation here is already pretty bad, so, well, if you care about the planet, maybe you should just not have kids. Let's go ahead and get that on record, too, because we're still, we're still in 2019. Like I said, this is eight months only after this woman has said this. If we don't turn the ship around. And so it's basically like there's scientific consensus 
that the lives of children are going to be very difficult. And it does lead, I think, young people to have a legitimate question, you know, should, is it okay to still have children? And I mean, not just financially, because people are graduating with 20, 30, $100,000 worth of student loan debt, and so they can't even afford to have kids in a house, but also just this basic moral question, like what do we do? And, and even if you don't have kids, there are still children here in the world and we have a moral obligation to them and to leave a better world for them. And this idea that if we just, you know, I've been... Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Notice Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez does not have any kids. I just want to point that out. She'll tell you everything you need to know about kids, but will not have one of her own. So I just want to point that out. And it doesn't really seem like she's really trying to get that done. Uh, but speaking of the kids that we have here, right, the ones that we do need to take care of, that do require our attention, the ones that are suffering with the depression, the anxiety, and the nihilism that we're leaving them with, right, this, this, this world that seems as if it's futureless, because we talk about this all the time, how the future doesn't need us. Let's talk about the children that are here today, the people that I'm sure would be voting for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and so much more, you see, because we're already talking about procreation and reproduction so much more. Hundreds of young trans people are seeking help to return to their original sex. We put this up October 9th. It's from Sign of the Times. And it says a woman who detransitioned in 2018 says there are many people who have had gender reassignment surgery who wish they hadn't. So the kids that are still here that do require our help are being brainwashed, as I played for you guys before. You know, the, the Extinction Rebellion protester. You know, we, we, <laughs> I just... I, how do I talk about this type of stuff in a civil fashion? That how do you talk about them scrambling the minds of children today so that they'll be basically inept for the future? And that's exactly what they want. They want to be able to use inept drones, autonomous people, or uh, just, just drones for their plans. These are the people that are that are afflicted that are afflicted today. And will these people have more kids? Can they have more kids? And I don't, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm trying to say this is this is the problem with letting uh, letting people like AOC, letting all of these other figureheads, these entertainers, letting these people guide you. Being trendy is very dangerous because they'll switch it up on you tomorrow, and then they'll have no use for you. You know, I'll, I'll say this, and I'll play the clip for you. I have a buddy of mine that of uh, you know uh, he she became. He was a he, became a she, uh, and the craziest thing happened recently to where, you know, he was he had all this support to become she, and then after she was here, there was really no real no real use for who she became, uh, and then I started seeing all kinds of strange posts on her page, you know, essentially asking for help, saying I need to talk to people, like where are all my friends in the trans community, da 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 da. This person ends up in the hospital. And they're basically live posting their experience to the point to where they begin to take film of like their whole experience. And the doctors are looking at my friend saying this person needs like medical help. And all the while, I'm wondering, like, where are all your friends that convinced you to transition yourself into this person you are now? And why are, why are you essentially live streaming you about you about uh, you being taken into like a, a mental health facility. So what I'm trying to reiterate is how there's all this this social 
support, this virtue signaling support for these people to do these things. But once they live in this lifestyle, there's no real support there. And that's where the mental health epidemic comes from. And so when you have people like AOC saying we should not reproduce because of climate change, I'm saying that that's all the more reason as to why we should reproduce because we need more solution makers. We need little, we need more of those eight-year-old little Mexican girls working on solar water heaters. We need more people like Moses West doing things. We don't need more people who are trying to be cute, who are trying to be socially uh, accepted for the moment and then doing these types of things because this is dangerous and these people do need help. But if the if 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 we're experiencing something new with these people as well, it's like how can we be there for you? We're only we. It's just it really does worry me to see these things, and this is what I mean by the anti the anti humanism. It's that virtue signaling. It's where we're let where we're where we're where we're leading ourselves down the wrong path for the wrong reasons. You see, it truly is rebellion without a with rebellion without a cause, and that's. I, I really don't know what to say, but here, let me play for you guys this quick clip, and then we'll get into the article. I figured it would be better for me to try to deal with my gender dysphoria in a different way, rather than um, permanently changing my body. How much support did you feel was out there for you when you came to this conclusion? I didn't feel like there was any support out there, other than like a few friends online. Ruby now feels her eating disorder was more of a factor than she first realized in her gender dysphoria. None of the therapists that I spoke to um, brought that up. They didn't think that it was linked. Do you? I think so, yes. Because it, they're both kind of based in how I feel about my body. So I've seen similarities between the two. Charlie Evans is forming a charity to support people in Ruby's position. After going public with her detransition story, she discovered an online community of 5,000 in a similar position, 30 people alone in her area of Newcastle. I was a problem. I figured it would be better. And I'm sure there's more, uh, but hundreds of young transgender people are seeking help to return to their original sex, Sky News has learnt. Quote, I didn't think any change was going to be enough in the end, and I thought it was better to work on changing how I felt about myself than changing my body, says Ruby. Quote, I've seen, similar, I've seen similarities in the way I experience gender dysphoria and the way I experience other body image issues. Ruby explains she has also had an eating disorder, but she, but she does not feel that issue was explored in the therapy session she had when she went to her gender identity services. Quote, when I was at my gender clinic to get referred for hormones, we had a session where I went over my mental health issues and I told them about my eating disorder and they didn't suggest that that could maybe be connected with my gender dysphoria, says Ruby. Quote, for everyone who has gender dysphoria, whether they are trans or not, I want there to be more options for us because I think there is a system of saying, okay, here are your hormones, here's your surgery, off you go. I don't think that's helpful for anyone. The Tavistock and Portman NHS Trust offers gender identity services for children under 18 with some patients as young as three or four years old. They now have, have a record number of referrals and seeing almost 3,200 uh, 3, wow, 3, increase. 3,300, 3, oh, Jesus, I'm blown away by the number. 3,200% uh, more patients than they did 10 years ago with the increase for girls up by 5,337%. Wow, with referrals at a record high, it suggests cases of detransition will rise as well. So I just want to point out real quick that the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, we've had Robbie D, uh, Robbie D. from uh, the Underground Resistance Network, uh, as well as the Ultimate Hebrew Israelite Experience. We've had him on. He's across the sea, 
reporter over there where he's talked about the Tavistock Institute and how they conduct essentially uh, mind control and social engineering operations over there in the UK. And my point behind saying all this is that you have to see how it truly is an anti-human agenda. The idea is to have us literally destroy ourselves because that's what they say, right? Through science and technology, the transhumanist uh, motto, the lingo, through science and technology that they will make us better than. And this is the introduction into it. Gender reassignment surgery, transitioning, and all these other things. But in order to do that first, and I'm glad Ruby said this, they have to instill a version of, they have to make you feel bad about yourself. The body dysmorphia, the, the body dysmorphia, the gender dysphoria, and things like this, the mental health issues, they have to make you literally feel so bad about yourself that you're willing to undergo these detrimental treatments to fix yourself. And then... And, and then by the time you're willing to go back, because we never asked this, can you go back? Do you have the technology? Do we have the technology? Can we make the, 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 the men that turn into a female back into a male if they so choose? And so then you have to think about these people living underneath those conditions for the rest of their life, committing to this one decision. It's not a, it's not like a tattoo. It's something else. And this is what they're pushing on kids with this drag with this drag queen story time, with this drag kid stuff, with Desmond the Amazing, and so much more. So if they're not out there skipping school to take part in Greta Thunberg's protests, they're out there in some stingy, sketchy bar hanging out trying to do perverted pedophilic things. So when AOC is saying that we shouldn't have kids to protect cl because of climate change, I thoroughly have to disagree because I see what they're wanting for the generations that they have in their clutches already, and this is not what I want them to do. I want us to be able to create a whole new generation away from all these things. Because here, check this out. Johnson & Johnson has agreed to pay $8 million to a man who grew breasts after taking some of their, their Risperidol. Let's take a listen. Johnson & Johnson has been ordered to pay $8 billion to a Maryland man over negative side effects from the antipsychotic drug Risperdal. His attorney said his use of the drug as a child caused gynecomastia, which involves the enlargement of breast tissue. The company called the payout grossly disproportionate and said it will immediately move to set aside this excessive and unfounded verdict. Crazy. So an antipsychotic drug... It literally gives him breasts. Yeah, the man's going to have even more issues. And this is the problem that I have with, opioid, with, with opioids, with big pharma, with all of this stuff. Because they know, that they know the side effects, yet they put it out there anyway. And everybody's chemistry is entirely different. And they're going to have, their, their, their body chemistry is different. Their diet's different. Their life is different. There's going to be adverse side effects to these things. And so regardless of, and that's how all of this works. They have, to, they have to turn you into a patient. They have to turn you into somebody that they can keep extorting for money. That's why I feel bad for this guy, Nicholas Murray, now 26, claimed in his lawsuit that he developed breasts after doctors prescribed him Risperidol off-label in 2003 once, once a psychiatrist or a psychologist diagnosed him with autism spectrum disorder. Murray's reward is the largest to date among, the, among more than 13,000 lawsuits against the company, claiming that Risperidol caused a condition called gyno gynecomastia, uh, whatever, in boys involving enlargement of breast tissue, Market Watch reported. The mountain of lawsuits generally alleged that the company was aware of that specific risk, but understated it to doctors, according to a report. Back in 2015, Murray won a $680,000 compensatory award over those same claims. A jury had awarded him $1.7 million. 
$1.75 million, which a state appeals court later reduced. Quote, this jury, as have other juries in, lit- in other litigations, once again imposed punitive damages on a corporation that valued profits over safety and profits over patients. Mary's war- lawyers, Tom Klein and Jason Itkin, said in a joint statement. So basically what they're saying is, don't take pharmaceuticals, they'll give you drugs, this is, or they'll, they'll give you diseases, they'll mess with your body. You know, we've, we've talked about how, how ADD risks, or, or how Adderall increases heart risks, how ibuprofen does it, Advil does it. You know, this is, why we, this is why we carry CBD oil, this is why we promote natural alternatives and holistic approaches to things, because what Big Pharma is doing is soft kill. This is more of that anti-humanism. And so we've already talked about uh, them, them controlling the population because climate change. We've talked about them poisoning the environment, changing people's biochemistry. And this is what I mean. This is the assault that is going up against humanity. And now let's take it a step further just so we can start to wrap all this, this crazy, crazy nonsense up. This world we're beginning to live into. Let's take it a step even farther. Sesame Street, one of the longest running television shows in America, has begun to introduce a Muppet who has a mother addicted to opioids because that's the world that we're in these days. You have mothers with children who are either shoveling cocaine inside of their brain or just down in opioids like their Skittles, and now we've got to get used to this. Now, little Jenny's got to get used to her mommy getting a little bit strange whenever she has her daily candy, and that sounds a little wild, but this is the world that we're creating with, with psychotics and mental illness and depression anxiety where we're, 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 we're losing this lust towards life and now even our children are having to get used to it hi it's me carly i'm here with my friend salia both our parents have had the same problem addiction my mom and dad told me that addiction is a sickness oh yeah yeah a sickness that makes a person feel like they have to take drugs or or drink alcohol to feel okay yeah my my mom was having a hard time with addiction and i felt like my family was the only one going through it but now i've met so many other kids like us salia (laughs) makes me feel like we're not alone right we're not alone and it's okay to open up to people about our feelings (laughs) yeah it is I'm so glad we're friends, Leah. Me too, Carly. Can I have a hug? Now look at that. They're just giving hugs. And they're just reporting on you if you take too many of your opioids. (laughs) This is how CPS gets called in. They notice that uh, Celia's mom is being a little bit too droopy too frequently. So CPS decides to step in and say, Hey, Celia, we're just going to take you with us now that your mom's feeling a little bit tired. And that's tongue-in-cheek. This is the days that we're living in. This is the insanity that's going on. They've, they've literally habituated people to killing themselves, not enriching themselves, not regenerating themselves, not improving themselves. But they have habituated people to degenerating and killing themselves so that they can come through and do all the things you know they're going to do. This is why we try to keep our eye out for so many different things. I myself am not a parent. <laughs> God knows I'm trying to get myself there, both financially, economically, and mentally, and so much more. But this is why I try to put all this information out there, not only for people who would like to become parents, but for people who are parents and grandparents, because you should see our demographics. We have kids that are listening from 12 to like 70, dude. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but my point is, is this is what's afflicting every single part of us, every single time, every, every, our, our entire time space, our whole chronological orientation, where we're at in time right now. This is 2019. 
So when I when I point out all these things, the anti-human agenda, it's because it's it's all surfacing. That's why you we have got to begin to seek after life. We've got to begin to preach it, talk about it, live it, love it, crave it. Not this death, not this cult of death that's taking over this anti-human agenda, and it's all under the guise of 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 us of a of, of, of fake prosperity, of of virtue signaling, of fake compassion. That's how these people would act because they are of their father, the devil. They masquerade as angels of light when they truly are demons. But you see, that's what happens. You can you, most people don't recognize. They don't have that discernment because it's been beaten out of them. It's been taken. That's why they told you that you're just a bunch of clump of cells, that you're an accident or a mistake, that God is dead. Your God is dead. They tell you all these things to diminish you, to demoralize you, to trap you down to the level that they're at, because that's what they understand. They can't comprehend a life greater than them. We're dealing with narcissists. When I tell you that we're dealing with satanic scientists and, 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 and occult technocrats and things like this, people that have a, a IQs above way above normal and now we're beginning to work with machines guys you have to understand the days that we're in there was an article i read before coming on uh, the stage from the drudge report feed it was talking about how monkeys beat humans in a video game in a groundbreaking study that's where we're at we're so dumb some monkeys are almost able to to, to, to beat us and the reason i say this is because intelligence comes from intuition which comes from action you learn these things this is what i was mentioning before with the adversity at the start of the show they're removing that we talk about this all the time, how you have to go through things to grow into who you need to be. They're, they're positioning us to have everything taken care of to where we're in this nanny state, to where everything is provided for us. We don't go out and go get what we want. We don't understand how to grow. We don't understand how to be human, but we do know how to be users. We do know how to be numbers. We do know how to be these useless eaters, and that's what they want. They don't want free-thinking individuals informed and aware of things. And that's why I fight so hard. And that's why I'm here until they get rid of me. And that's why this is Political Vendettas, Climate Extinction, and Anti-Humanism. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you. I know we went over a lot, as we typically do, but it's to give you guys a deep, comprehensive understanding as to what's really going on. This is why I tell you guys all the time, resist groupthink, think for yourself, change yourself, and then change the world. Be like Moses West or that little eight-year-old Mexican girl where you're focusing on problems that can help us all. That's what we need to be doing, trying to pull ourselves up from the bootstraps to do better. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you. I hope you guys submit your stories for the Paranormal Perspective Volume 8. And as I said before, the episode we did with Ashley Rogers of Your Natural Path Ash and SoCal Natural Health will be made available. You can find that in the link in the description bar below. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out.
never hurt anyone. It ain't the darkness, Miss Thomas. What's in it? Don't be silly. There's no difference between light and dark. dark.